Hey, what's up? It's Michael Yo. Welcome to the Michael Yo Show. On this show, we got an up and coming comic named Crystal Marie. You know who I'm talking about, Ernie? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. What, what was the oh yeah for? Uh, well, she's an attractive woman. Okay, and uh, I didn't but, think she was going to be funny, but she was absolutely hilarious. But, but Ernie, when I mention somebody's name and they're attractive, don't go oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I'm sorry, I showed my hand way too. <laughs> I was trying to you know be a gentleman. And yes, uh, you are a gentleman. Ernie is a is a gentleman. I want to let you know she's an up and coming comic man. I want to hear her story. I love to put comics on that are up and coming because it's a struggle to get into business, man. It's tough to get into business. There's a lot of haters, Ernie. A lot of haters. Plenty. Yeah. So I want to know her journey in that. But before we get into her, I want to let you know we do this show absolutely for free. All we do is ask you to go to iTunes and give it five stars. That keeps this ship running. That helps us get sponsors. And also leave a comment if you have a chance now. For all you people that don't listen to iTunes uh, during the show, because we got a lot of people that listen to Stitcher and all these other platforms, do me one favor, just one favor. It would help us out a lot. Go to iTunes, click the five stars, and then you don't have to ever go back there again. Leave a comment if you want. Highlighting up-and-coming comics, that's what we do on this show. We talk celebrities, pop culture, comedy, health and fitness. We got it all on one show. Crystal Marie. Get to know her. She is on the show right now. The Michael Yo Show. Celebrities, pop culture, and comedy. In the studio today, I'm so excited. Crystal Marie, how are you? I'm so great. Now, on your Twitter handle, it says Den, Den, Denha? Denha, yeah. Denha. Crystal Marie Denha is my But you don't name. use the Denha when you do stand-up? No. Okay. I like Just to Crystal catch Marie. everyone off guard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you definitely do. What I love is when I first met you, you didn't always do stand-up when we first met, did you? No, I've only been How doing stand-up for two years meet? in TV hosting on the red carpets. That's what it was. Okay, mm-hmm. now I just know you as a stand-up comedian. Oh, which that's is, great. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. I took all that off my bio. <laughs> what made you want to get into stand-up? Well, I loved, um, you know, like news reporting, entertainment news, sports news. Um, but then I booked what I thought was like my dream job. And I did it, and I was like, oh, God, this is not what I want to be doing. What was your dream job? Well, I had booked Extra. Okay. Which is, you know, the top of the totem pole, you know, that and like E! News for entertainment news, right? Yeah, entertainment tonight. Pretty much everything you've done. Yeah. Um, And I think it just, you know, I was able, when I did like Holly Scoop, I was able to do, you know, I was interviewing Snooki. So I got to ask whatever I wanted. I could have a good time. It was fun. But then when you hit primetime television, there's so many rules when you're interviewing A-list celebrities. Oh, you can't ask this. You can't ask right. that. If you do ask it, it makes it very awkward. Right. Publicists run Publicists uh, will yeah. run in. Exactly. And then you go online and you watch all the interviews from all the other outlets and they're all the exact same interviews. Yeah. So I was like, what am I doing with my life? Uh, and, and, and when you work for television like that, uh, if you're not used to it, they force you to ask questions you may not want to ask. Right. Did you have a problem with that? I actually was told to ask a certain question and then the publicist came in and interjected and just left me feeling kind of icky. Yeah. Because yeah. I felt like I didn't know if, you know, the senior executive producer knew that who she sent with me told me to ask that question or if maybe she thought I was being reckless. I don't know. Was it a breakup question or something like that? It was like uh, Kelsey Grammer had like a tattoo of his wife, like near his penis or something like that. <laughs> like some like inappropriate area. And I was like, and he had already said it on another outlet like two weeks before. So I was like, I don't understand why. I would have to ask it again, but I guess they just wanted their own soundbite. Yeah. And he was fine with it. He started laughing, but the his publicist just 
was not having it. It was crazy. Let me tell you, I, I worked in a lot of entertainment news, still do from time to time. I actually like that part. Yeah. I like the awkwardness of asking, because my thing is, if you've talked about it before, I have no problem asking. Right. You are invading their privacy a lot of times, but if they open the door, I don't mind going through it. Now, if they've never opened that door, then it gets kind of weird. Yeah, like well, when, Kelsey didn't care. No, but a lot of the times the person you're interviewing don't care, but the publicists care because that's the story they're going to run for like the next three, four weeks mm-hmm. because of your clip. Right. You know, and it, 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 that that industry, you either, it's one of those things when you're a reporter, you either love it or hate it. Right. Or it, it, it can make you feel awful too at times. I remember I asked, uh, what was her name? Anne Hathaway. Kanye West and Kim were on Vogue. And Anne Hathaway was on Vogue like three weeks before. And I knew it was the dumbest question in the world. I was like, how does it feel? What do you think about Kanye and Kim being on the cover of Vogue? Because it was very controversial. They thought the magazine took a step back. So she gives me the PC answer. She goes, you know, it's Anna's uh, magazine. So whatever she decides, she decides. So she gives me a soundbite. I'm walking off. She's up on a platform. So we're walking down and I hear her go, that's a stupid effing question. Fuck him. Da 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 da. Yeah. Why would I care if Kim and Kanye on the? Oh my god. She just went a bananas, right? And I wanted to go back up and say something, but she was absolutely right. As I even told my boss, it was a stupid question. Who cared? Why would she care if they were on the cover or not? Right. You know. And that was the positions you were forced to be in. But now I even think entertainment news. They have to be lighter now because oh my God, publicists, so you just can't offend celebrities anymore. They won't do your show. No. And They'll those just shows skip depend. you right in the press line. It's yeah, crazy. Absolutely. So how, when you got into comedy, how was it for you did? Was it tough? It was really hard. It's hard when you've already kind of been in one industry and you transition into another. But why? Just because people are like, well, you're already doing this thing and you're making money doing that. Why are you now entering this area where... Um, no one's really making money yet. So you know, do you feel like do you feel like comics were mad because you were already successful on one level and now you're coming into our world and it's just another person we have to compete with type of vibe? I think I don't think it's about the competing part. I think it's almost like they thought maybe I'm being greedy. Like you're already you, like you just said, you're already successful here. Yeah. The whole reason a lot of, you know, a, a big reason some comics do comedy is because they want to be on TV. They're like, well, you're already on TV. Why are you now coming and doing comedy? It makes no sense. It was a big pay cut for me too. So it's like, um, yeah, it was, I could tell a lot of people were bothered. It was, was it more men or females? It was both. Was it it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was both. I think, um, females are starting to be nicer to each other now because women in comedy are killing it. But it, when I started a couple years ago, it, everyone kind of felt like there can only be one. Um, and I feel like now people are realizing, you know, it's okay to support each other. And- you know why I think it, I, I, I feel that change is happening now, too, because of podcasting. I really feel that when I just started nine years ago, when I started nine years ago, it was very cutthroat. You know, I remember when I first started Joe Coy is my mentor. And when I started with him, people were going, oh, he's not funny. He sings at the end of his shows, just dogging him. I'm going, what the, and to me, he was the best comedian I've ever seen live. Mm-hmm. And I would go, why do y'all care who makes it? You know, but I think now people see, oh, through podcasting, you can have a whole crew 
of different comedians on your pocket. Like if you're on Joe Rogan, if you're a um, consistent presence on Joe Rogan, that's like being on the biggest late night talk show, bigger than being on the biggest late night talk show. Chelsea at the time when I was on that show, mm-hmm. you could be on that show and sell out venues and all those comedians on that show supported each other. And I think podcasting is an extension of that where it's like, hey, we can all make it if they put a half black in it. Like my thing is I had a sitcom. It didn't work out with Fox, but we're still developing it. But people are like mixed dish is coming out, right? It's you got blackish grownness and mixed dish. Basically my story, but I'm black and Asian. They're black and white. My thing is I want that to do really well. Mm-hmm. I want mixes to be the biggest TV show out. Cause guess what? Other networks are going to be like, Oh, we need, we how need to do, a, do this. Right? How do we do a mixed dish? You know? So I think by other people succeeding that look like you gives you an opportunity, even more opportunity. It doesn't take one away. Is that what you feel? Uh, somewhat. I also okay. think that the Me Too movement helped women realize that, uh, you know, it's not just men that have been shitty to women. It's women being shitty to women as well. Uh, and I think it opened our eyes because I think we were all kind of like conditioned to think, you know, we're supposed to compete with each other. And I don't mean to sit and shit on men, but a lot of that had to do with men kind of doing that to us. How does how did men do that to you? you because had to I come, think do, because I, I hear this. I, I hear this a lot, but. As far as me or my friends, I've never had guys hang out and go watch them compete over me. I've never or watch them compete for this. I've never oh God, been. I've, in, I've heard male relatives talk like that. Like like how? Just like, to, to, to try to either. I think this is the thing is we're always conditioned that we ha- we were conditioned growing up to think all we were good for was. I mean, I'm Middle Eastern, so it's worse for me. Too. Oh, yeah. My parents are Iraqi immigrants. So I was raised to believe. My purpose is to get married and have children. Okay, but who gave you that identity? Was it your mom or your dad? It was the entire community. It wasn't ever but, just but my parents. But women were involved with that too, correct? Right, no, I know. That's I'm, I'm 100% saying so, everyone was. Okay, so everyone in that community was. Right. Okay. So if that's what you're th- growing up thinking is your purpose and what is going to give you any sort of value as an adult then you put all the importance in the world on that. Okay. And so I think with that, then it's like a whole competition thing when in reality, it's not our purpose to just get married and bear children. No, hundred percent not. Women can do any and everything. Um, But I feel like I know men do it to women, but I hear this argument all the time. And I love that we're talking about this because I hear body shaming comes up a lot, but I've never had a dude one of my friends, and I know a lot of comedians, I've never seen a dude go through People magazine or these gossip magazines and go, oh my God, look at her, she's fat. Like, to me, I hear a lot of women do that. Like, oh, she looks horrible. Or if, uh, like, I hear a lot of women bash other women and body shaming. Now, I don't know about in real life when a guy's dating a woman, Mm -hmm. but I'm talking about the overall view. Like, when you get hate, on Instagram, if you ever do. I don't know. Is it from women more or men? It's men. Really? Yeah. And wh- what do they say? Um, I don't, it's just like a lot. Of, I don't know. It's more like, uh, your hips aren't wide enough. Have you gained weight? Are you pregnant? Okay. <laughs> a lot about my weight. Um, I th- I, yeah. A, a lot about my, or you must not have a brain. It's always like something. Oh, what are so, you going to do when you're not pretty anymore? Like weird, crazy. See, this people. is this is like 
when I hang out with a lot of women, I hear just women tear down other women. I do think that there's a problem with women tearing down other women also, but I think that men are worse. Okay. I, you're a classy guy, Michael Yo. I don't think <laughs> I don't think you hang out with like a lot of scumbags. No, I don't. But I I have been in this comedy scene and have walked away from groups of men and overheard them commenting on my body. So I I don't know if you're just like numb to it. Or if you're just, you've got like your earmuffs on to it. Cause you are like, you do have a great reputation amongst women and female comics of being like this great guy. You're a family man. Um, but I do hear it all the time. But you know what? That's different. I, I don't hang out with those people like that either. So right. maybe that's why, like I go in, do my thing. I have my group of guy comedians I take on the road and that's kind of like, I talk to everybody, right? but I don't hang. Like you won't catch me at the comedy store. Like after my set, I'm gone. Right. So I'm not there for the drama. I right. feel like <laughs> I feel like even when I'm there for the short time I am, I hear so much stuff about other comedians. I'm like, wow, if I was here all night, you could ju- you would just automatically be a part of that because if you just said one thing about something, now it's all over that club. Right. I mean, you could even uh, a great example is this. If there are any women in comedy who have slept with a lot of male comics, the way that they're treated, whether they're good or not at comedy is unfair. Um, I'm not going to like name any names, but there are some women that, you know, like to sleep around, sleep around with male comics. Maybe it's just, you know, they're in but, the but scene. Are you talking about their comics or just like outside of comedy? No, no, they women? are actual stand up comedians okay. who just like to, you know, have sex with, People, it's, it's, I guess it's easier for them because they're in the scene a lot. They hang out a lot. So it makes sense, you know, for, uh, you know, them, but do you, do you feel you being a beautiful woman, you are, you get that attached to you right away when you got into stand up? I think when I started, um, they're like, oh, she's getting spots cause she has nice tits. Um, also because Jay Davis was giving me like a five minute cold open at his shows to help him, which is the hardest spot, but it made me so, it made me get good so quick because it is the hardest spot. And I had to like really bust my ass to get people to come to the show because the only reason he was giving me because you bring so many people was to bring people your people come for and you and they girl. come they don't they care come. if they've seen my set 30 times they come every time so um with him it was never like i'm just gonna give you a spot because you have great tits it was i need you to fill seats uh and that's who he used to only give when he did the hollywood improv yeah. um spots to were people who would fill seats for him. That's the only that he created that five minute cold open for people to bring people. for a promoter. Absolutely. And so I think people just kind of thought, Oh, she's, she's just getting it because of the way she looks, um, or whatever. But he made me do the parlor twice first. Oh, and he's like, if you do well consistently at the parlor, I'll give you the five minute cold. Okay. Open. So people that don't know they, the parlor is not going on anymore, but the parlor, imagine the coolest people that think they're cool. In one spot, shiny shirts, dudes with like showing their chest, women showing their chest, like everybody looking, especially when you go on, like everybody's waiting for the famous person to be on stage. So you go on five cold, five minute cold open. That's literally walking into, oh, we don't care who she is. We're going to look at our phone and talk the entire time (laughs) over her. How was it your first time? My first time. So. It was funny because I had been doing like bringer shows prior 
And when you do bringer shows, it's a lot of like rookie comics. So the, the bar is not set very high. Oh yeah. So I was like killing it. I was like, yes, it was, I was like, <laughs> I'm amazing. My first like three sets, I killed it. And then I went and just ate it. Um, the first time I did the cold open and that's only five minutes. It was five minutes. How I, long did it feel? It felt like, I don't even know the time. It just felt like I was drowning <laughs> and no one wanted to help me. They were yeah. all just like drown bitch. And I was just like, help me. Uh, and so, but you know, I didn't bomb. I just didn't do well. Um, but to me, it's this not doing well is the same as bombing. So, um, I begged him to, I didn't know what at that did he time. Say after he said, great job because the cold open, there are no expectations. Yeah. It's like the host. The host is like, you kind of have to add a couple points because it's a hard, be even hosting is hard because you're going out to a crowd. You know, you're the first one up. Everyone knows it takes, you know, at least one comic to kind of, you're Warm the buffer. Yeah. You're the buffer. So, and if you're not a good host, you will, I don't care how funny you are. Like, I'm a terrible host. I'll be yeah. honest. With, like, like I get asked. But people think because you do TV hosting that I you're going to be this great. That, that same with me. I'm like, do you see how, how just, uh, you know, dry I am. What would make you think I'm a good host? Like, and, and the thing about a host, it's supposed to set up the whole night. Like, right. hey, you're going to have fun. You're going to do this. Especially with your comedy. It's so dry. Right. It, it would start off a show not great. Right. You know, like me, I have a big personality, but I just am about my set. I'm not, like, I, like, I tell you the best host I've ever seen is, um, Orlando Leba. Oh, I'm obsessed with Orlando. He's amazing. He is a host that knows how to, and he can do his own, he can headline, but he loves hosting because he knows how to set up the room. He has the, He's great. the family jokes right. for it to get everybody aboard. Oh, you're getting your drinks. Great. He has those kind of jokes. And then once about three or four minutes after he addresses everybody that came out, then he goes into a set and destroys me. I don't know how to do. I I guess I'm not a uh, what, what is it kind of talk when you small talk. Small talk. Like, like I don't know how to do that in kind. It's just I need to go on and boom boom right. just hit my stride. Right. You know I'm not a I, I'm not a crowd work person. Mm-hmm. You know because it never. I Joe Coy's my idol and I tried to do crowd work like oh man I'm, it's terrible. Like he is so good at it. Yeah. So I'm I'm just a terrible host. But so you do five minutes. Twice. For Jay, yeah. For Jay. So the first time I just kind of, I didn't know, I, I had watched so much stand-up before I started stand-up, but I never saw anyone do a cold open. So I didn't know that it was considered such a harder spot. Yeah. And I always, I, I always put so much pressure on myself and like, I'm very hard on myself. So for me, you know, to, to people in the industry, they're like, she's not bad. She's not bad. She's definitely not good. Yeah. But she's not bad. You know <laughs> what I mean? A, which comedy, let's be honest, is the hardest thing to do in Hollywood. It is so hard. St- you're by yourself. And I think that's part of the reason why we like it so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? We like the challenge. Um, so the first time I just kind of did whatever. Second time um, I did good. And then the third time I did really well. So then he started giving me actual spots. It was still only five minutes, but... Um, they were great. So, Are you to the point now? Because I've been to some of your shows. You yeah. put a, as a promoter, you put on yes, sold out crazy. Now that you're on lineups, do you feel that same pressure to bring as many people? It depends. Okay. Um, it depends. Like 
usually I'm not asked to anymore now that I've gotten good at comedy. I think before I got good, I put pressure on myself to bring people just as like a thank you Mm -hmm. because there are much better comics than me. So I wanted to kind of pay my dues in that sense. Um, Like, thank you for booking me. I know that there's better people out there. Let me help in some way. Um, So I would definitely bust my ass to get people to come out. Um, Now I just, I don't feel like, like a lot of the shows I'll do also there's 10, 15 people there. So I don't really, I think it'd be weird if, you know, I'm the one. You added 30 to the 15 is 45. (laughs) But I definitely always repost every flyer, everything I do. Um, You know, I was the first female comic to kind of like say, I like you. And you were like, wow, that's really cool. Because we all remember that one person that you kind of look up to or that's just kind of like in the game for a while that you're like, wow, that's very cool. They reached out and they kind of like looked out for me. Um, Eleanor Kerrigan. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like cried after too. I was like so happy that, because it was just so hard at first. Like I I just feel like I got picked on a lot. Um, But not to your face, right? Never to my face. And it was only men behind my back or actually there were, there was one girl to my face. Um, but I'm not like, what did they say? She was just super mean. Like, right. She would show up to like, anytime I had a set and try to intimidate me, like by staring at me, um, like looking me up and down and giving me dirty looks and like, you know, like how some people do. Is this comedian big? Not at all. She eats a dick every time she goes after me. So I'm like, (laughs) that's God, that's God. That's good. That's the universe telling you. Um, but she is a lot nicer to me now, but I'm super, I mean, I'm from Detroit, so I'm very confrontational. If I feel like someone is picking on me, I'll just go right up to them and be like, do you have a problem? Oh, you do that? Yeah. At first I was like, am I being paranoid? Am I just like being too sensitive? Cause I got weird at one point I was like bombing for, for two months straight. Cause I had gotten so sensitive Cause a few people had come up to me and said, Oh, this person said this, or this person said that. And so I just got weirdly like, you got in your head, in my head. And I just kept bombing. And then finally I was like, I need to just stop caring. Cause I started with so much confidence. And so, and I think that's what kind of got me through everything. So the second that was taken from me, I just sucked. And so I was like, I'm not letting it. Like I've worked too hard. I gave up a lot for this. There's no way that I'm going to, you know, allow anyone to get in my head. And then I just, from that point on, I was like, I'm a great, I'm great. I'm isn't great. That, isn't that crazy how comedy can build you up, but one bad set, can tear down everything you feel like you've accomplished till you go up the next time. Yeah. Like literally if I have a bad set, like cause some nights I do two to three sets a night, I can't end on a bad set. Like I, I, I will find somewhere to stop by. It's just weird ending on that bad note, mm-hmm. you know, or you get two sets. This has happened where you have two sets. A friend calls you say, Hey, I got an open spot. And sometimes they're like, nah, I've been, I'm good. The first two are great. You don't want to end on a bad note. You do not because yeah. you just feel miserable. Well, that's what, um, in your head till you go up that next Right. Night. You should always get up right away when you bomb. That's the first thing. Like Jody Miller's like a oh, great mentor her. to yeah. me. And she always says like, go up right away. If you bomb, try you to get to. up. Even he's, she's like, even if you go to a mic or even if you go, I hated mics when I first started. Now I'm like weirdly obsessed with them. So I don't know. I, I, when I first started comedy, I just, I'd had no guts. Like I was like, I'm not trying because new material. Mics, for people that just watch it, mics are a place where comics go 
and they go not to laugh. Yeah. They, you, it's just literally you're going to a place to get out material. If you get a chuckle, great. You're not expecting anything. Right. I didn't see again. You don't really learn these things starting off. People say them and you're like, I don't know. Are they telling the truth? Like you don't know what to believe because I didn't have any like really close, close friends um, in stand up when I started. So I had friends that I was like friendly with. I was cool with, but I was not, I didn't have any like besties in stand up. You know what I mean? So I didn't know what to believe because I would hear different things from different people. Uh, some people would say you can never bomb at an open mic. And then other people were like, yeah, you can, you can definitely bomb. So I was like, oh great. So I'm bombing at every single mic. <laughs> Cause yeah. I was going up at mics when I first started every single day. And I, you didn't know it was... I did probably 100 open mics, and I probably got one laugh in 100 open mics. So I just was like, is this... What is this world? So uh-huh. I I just, for a minute, had to stop doing it, because I was like, God, my confidence is just trash right now. Um, but then when I started doing shows and watching comics who were really brilliant on stage also bomb at mics, I was like, oh, it's not just me. It's just no one here wants I, to laugh. I actually... Every time I go into a new market, I will... If I land early the day before I'm supposed to perform... I like to go to open mics because a lot of times that you, I just wear a hat. They don't know who you are and you're just getting out material. You would never say at your own show just to see how it works. Right. You know, did you see Dave Chappelle's new special? I did. I loved it. What'd you think? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you love about it? Well, I think uh, this is a thing with, with, Comedy, I think sometimes people forget this is comedy. We're joking. We're, we're making fun of things that are dark. So let me ask are- you this. And this is a question that I ask every comic. Do you think there's a line, though, where you can just chalk it up to comedy on everything, no matter what the topic is? Before you answer that question, uh, we got to take a break. Only 30 seconds for everybody that's listening. We'll be right back. It's the Michael Yo Show. Hey, what's up? It's Michael Yo. Okay, if you like the show, please support it right now just go to itunes give it five stars leave a comment and subscribe it does so much for the show it helps get us into the top of the charts and we're building momentum man we're so excited about the show we're so excited about the guests we have coming on so please support the show it means a lot to me subscribe comment give it five stars and share it ernie said share it Ernie, he's like, I don't know. He's trying to make it rain. It looks like he's trying to make it, but that means share it. All right. Ernie says share it, and please share it as well. All right, we're back. It's the Michael Yo Show. Do you think there's a line, though, where you can just chalk it up to comedy on everything, no matter what the topic is? I do think there's a line. I don't know what that line is, okay. but I did not feel he crossed the line when I watched it. Me neither. It. Me neither. So um, I don't know what is what is the line. Where is it? I am not one to say what it is, but I didn't watch it and think, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. I think what he said was, you know, it's Dave Chappelle, Mm -hmm. but my thing is it's well thought out. He doesn't just go up and do material. I think where people comedy gets a bad rap is, and I've seen this just in, in mics or I've seen this on uh, people coming up. They'll say something controversial just to say it. Mm -hmm. Just so they could say they said if somebody died the next day, they're like, this person died, blah, blah, blah. And it's not thought up. It's not well thought out. It's just a statement. Just shock value. It's just shock. And there's no and that's where I think, okay, you shouldn't have said that. Because there's no thought into it. You know, if it's funny and if it makes sense, like the perfect example is Bill Burr. He'll say something I totally disagree with. And by the end of the bit, you're like, Well, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I think I think Comics get a bad name because people that aren't as experienced will say controversial things, but then it's not great what they say. And it's just mean. 
Mm-hmm. It's just a mean statement rather than a joke or right. crafted. Yeah, I'm not a fan at all of like any sort of mean spirited comedy, and I don't feel like it was at all that. Yeah, like Darnell Rollins was on. Oh, uh, love him. Love him. God, you had a lot of good ones on here. Okay? Oh, yeah, we had Andy on the pod. Angela Johnson was before you. Wow. Darnell Rollins, Dane Cook. What? How did I get in here? You're good. You know what? You've always, <laughs> let me tell you how, because you've always treated me great. Like, you've always put me on uh, shows when you had sold out shows and things like that. And I, re- I remember good people. And you are a good person. And that's Thank why you. I wanted you on the pod. Thank you. And uh, I love that you stuck with comedy. Thank and you. I love that you're still doing it. Did you think when I started, she's going to last a few months and quit? No, I never think anything about This is going to sound mean. but No, no, it's okay. Man, I like I it. I never think anything about anybody. Okay. A lot of people did tell me that. They're like, oh, she's going to last a few. No. She's going to last a few months and then she's going to get a new show and she's going to quit. You know, but because here's the thing. If you love comedy, because I have shows all the time, you know what I mean? I have other jobs right now, but yeah. I still do comedy. Right. So the thing is, if you're good and you love it, you'll continue to do comedy. No right. matter if you got another TV gig right now, guess what? You're not going to quit comedy because right. you love it. I think the first time I got off stage, I told I called my mom, literally Miami Improv. And uh, I called her and said, this is what I was born to do. Now, I'm not stupid and going to be like, all right, I'm going to quit all my jobs and just do this. No, I'm going to build an empire. But now every project I take pushes towards stand-up comedy and shows my personality. When you're on a show like an extra entertainment tonight, your personality comes out through interviews. Mm -hmm. But you toss into a package, which means the recorded thing you did doesn't show much personality. So now I'm doing things to kind of push the personality always towards comedy because if you can get on a joe coy sebastian level i mean you're you're set you can do whatever you want in this town right you know it's be your own boss now besides comedy what else are you doing do you own any businesses what do, what do you like doing in your spare time so my family uh what do they own we all own we own the world, our the fa- world. i do comedy because no, our family uh, owns the world own two two donut bars in detroit as donut well as bars yeah so it's gourmet donuts it's called donut bar donut bar detroit um, uh, two donut bars and a donut truck that like goes to downtown Detroit and pretty much all around the Metro Detroit area. Um, so, you know, business is booming. And then, um, <laughs> Have you ever thought about bringing one down here? A donut bar? I just think there's so many donut shops here. Uh, it's not really worth it. It's hard to open a business here in LA. Um, I wouldn't be able to run it. My siblings will never leave Detroit. So who would really run it with Arabs? Like it has to be you know, someone from the family has to be running it or else we won't open the business. So, um, I'm not going to run it. What's your family think when you first started comedy? Were they like, you're terrified. They're like, please don't talk about us. (laughs) Terrified. Um, but you know, when I did, when I did Lebanon, I did shows in Lebanon last year, the end of last year. How was that? Oh my God. It was amazing. I took all the money I made from it and flew my parents out. To Lebanon. Yeah, because we're Catholic Iraqi, and Lebanon is really the only place in the Middle East that has both Christian and Muslim Arabs. So it was extra special because we got to see like a mosque next to a church. Um, So it was just like a beautiful thing to to see, you know, both religions kind of coexist with each other. Um, And my parents speak Arabic fluently. And so I flew them out, and that was when they saw me do comedy for the first time. For the first time in Lebanon. Yeah. So. And what'd they think? They loved it. I mean, for them, it's like. If they feel like I've made it, they're on board. 
If I was like there just bombing, they'd be like, why are you doing this? This is so bad. Haram. But no, they uh, they loved it. Are they so. are they the type of really honest, straightforward parents that too, they don't like? Too, too straightforward. If I gain one pound, my mom somehow notices. Really? It's insane. My dad is What's the meanest thing so your mom sweet. ever told you? Um, it's so funny. In one trip, she told me I looked too skinny and fat. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. I got there and she was like... You're too skinny. Like, what, what? Are you not eating in LA? Do you need money? And then the maybe two days later, she was like, "See your arms. See how they do this. This is too much. You need to to do some is more weight." Is your mom weights. fit? My mom is like so beautiful. It's annoying. Ah, uh, so. one of those moms, right? Mm-hmm. Where the boys would come so. over and want to date your mom instead of you. Well, it's so funny because <laughs> my, my my parents had an arranged marriage, and I go, "So how did you? How did your parents, you know, decide on my dad?" Uh, and she was like, well, three men came and I said no to all three of them. And by the time your dad came, my parents said, that's enough. This is the one you have to marry. So I was like, oh, okay. So. Arranged marriage, huh? Mm-hmm. It were, and they're happy? They're divorced now. Huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't uh, work. Okay. They're divorced, but they still live together. It's the weirdest Wait, thing. Wait, what? They're divorced, but live together. Yeah. So. Why? It doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh, divorce is just not a thing in our community. And in Detroit, well, it's not big, a thing. What's that mean? It's just they're super religious, and there's a big, you know, Catholic Iraqi community in Detroit. So uh-huh. it's like a little mini Iraq. Um, so I think with my mom, she's just very sensitive. She's still kind of crippled by the judgment of the community. So I think she thinks if they're still kind of living together, people aren't going but people to like know shame they're divorced. her. They do, but I think she's more afraid of people thinking she's dating. Because then it's like a lot of shame. shame Wait a minute, so they're it. divorced, but they don't date other people. No, it's the weirdest. How old are they? I, I think maybe my dad gets it on a little bit. He's definitely okay. not dating, but I think he's sexually active. Okay. For him, he doesn't... Why do you say that about him? Because just if you meet him, you're like, yeah, he definitely... is <laughs> getting it. He definitely gets down. <laughs> He's got game, my dad. Okay. Um, but, and he's very chatty. He's very like charismatic. He, you know, he's out all the time. He takes trips all the time. He's retired now. So he's. How old is he? He's 66. Yeah. How about so, your mom? My mom is 55. And she's not dating. If she is, she's super secretive about it. Well, that's probably so. She's probably dating a lot. You just don't know. I don't know. Women are so much better at. I know, I know. But I I mean, I hope she is. If she was, she will take, if she is, she'll take it to her grave. Because my siblings are hard on her about it. So About dating? About dating, about anything of that sort. Wait, that's wrong. I know. Wait, so they give her crap if she'll go out on a date. Yeah, if they. But your dad, nothing. No, well, my dad, no one knows about. They don't, he's not trying to bring home a new stepmom. I got you. My mom, I'm sure at some point wants to get remarried. You know what I mean? Or wants to be in some sort of serious, she's not like a promiscuous woman where she's like, I just need to get laid. Yeah. She wants like a partner, a life partner. Do you know what I mean? So it's like my dad, he's like, I already had, he's in like madly in love with my mother. So he doesn't want another wife. He just, you know, needs to get I don't laid. know. I'm, I'm 44 right now. I couldn't imagine in 10 to 15 years trying to date. Mm-hmm. Like I'm never getting divorced. I already know. I'm never like, I can't, I, I can't even, I well, can't you even, hit the jackpot. I did. My wife is amazing. <laughs> you like, hit the jackpot. Literally like, my wife is the I best. I don't think I've seen a cuter child and a more beautiful wife in my life. That's why I like walked in. I was like, okay, Michael, 
what what did you do in life in your oh, life before to get you know all what of it this? was treating everyone well <laughs> yeah it's important is that karma I'm mm-hmm. getting all that. I mean, my wife is amazing. My son is amazing. We got another one on the way. It's it's the best. It's amazing. Congratulations. If you find the right person, it's freaking amazing. But like, I know, like, it's so tough for me and my wife just to go out right now to get up for that moment. I can't imagine being 15 years from now with me and saying, "Oh, I got to go out on a date tonight." Right. Oh, that would be miserable. But you have to think, my mom again forced into an arranged marriage. She never That's got true. to have. Like a teenage, she never got to live her 20s where it's like, let's go clubbing. How old was she when she got married? She was 18. She had my brother that same year. She had me at 19, my other sister at 22, and then one more sister after that 10 years later. So she never had, like, it was always like whatever my dad wanted to do. Um, So now she's kind of like, she has like girls night out with like her sisters or, you know, like she has a couple. But they're not looking for men. No. What kind of girls night out is that? It's tough. It's tough. It's not. I'm actually trying to sell a show about my mom and and what she's going through. Like the bachelor. No, there's a lot of women that were forced into, into arranged situations who are now, who have finally now gotten the courage to divorce you know, their husbands, whether it be because it was arranged or they were in like an abusive situation who are now like 50 and above and don't know how to date. So they don't like what imagine. So what's the show? You would be the coach, the no, date coach. I think it would be like a docu-series, a docu-series, right? Like you follow these women around. Don't steal my motherfucking idea. Yeah. You, 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 but you would need a coach to teach them how to date again. too. Well, you got to well, add so that to find, the mix. Okay. So we add a coach. Let's okay. Say, let's say it's Dr. Ruth. Okay. okay. But Sex is so weird these days. Dating is is like, what is it? There's, my mom's going to go on Tinder? Like, no. She's not, you know. Like, I'm sure what? they got a dating app for, for older people. For immigrant women who have Tinder. never dated. <laughs> immigrant women that have, se- have had sex with one what's man. The, what's the opposite one of One position. One position. <laughs> It's called Missionary. That's we the do name Missionary, that. that's it. That's right. That's the name of the app, Missionary. missionary. <laughs> People that just like one position. Missionary. Do it. Do so. it. So arrange marriage. Now, do you see yourself being married, having kids in the future? Do you I want, want kids? kids? I don't want to get married. I was engaged. You don't um, want to get married ever? I, right now, I don't. That might well, change. Okay. Um. I thought I wanted to, I thought that was all I wanted. I really did think I was like, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I thought I wanted it like in my twenties. Um, but you know, I, I got engaged. We were together six years. Engaged, six years. Yeah. Engaged for, I want to say f- almost four years. Okay. That should have been a clue right there. Yeah. And like so four like, years engaged. If we still haven't. Um, Is it, was it you? Yeah. It was you. So I okay. called it off at the end of last year. But I'm year. saying when he said, so he would like, hey, when we're getting married, you would push it off or he would push off the date? No, I always pushed it off. Ah. Also, he was so busy with work that for him, there were no red flags because he's the owner of a startup company. And that's just like the, the, the hours. You fund it. I didn't fund it, but okay. I, I, I helped you start help. it. Yeah. If you hear my stand up, you'll know all about it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's doing great right now. So I think he was just so busy with that that it just didn't. He wasn't like, why aren't we getting married? Plus, his brother got engaged a month after us. Uh, so that kind of bought us some time, too. Okay, so now you're in comedy. Do you get hit on by a lot of the male comedians? Um, or are you kind of scary to them? Because you do speak your mind. Yeah, I do my set and I go home. So it's weird. I don't even get, and I even say on stage, I'm newly single. I don't get hit on by a lot of guys even after shows. I get hit on by women. It's the crazy, because I'm so alpha 
that I think everyone just assumes like, hey, I'm looking for a woman. And to nothing take in home. your mind says, yeah, women. Try yeah. it. No, I love women too, but I oh. I I, I you, prefer men, but I do love women too. You've so. dated women. I have dated women. Wow, I didn't see. I'm learning new stuff right now. Yeah. Okay. So. How is it? What's the difference? Well, I know what the difference between a man and a woman, but like dating wise, what's mm-hmm. are, what's the difference to you? I think women are more work. So yeah. trust me, I know. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> women are a lot more work. With men, it's like you just have to be sweet, and they're like, okay, like I cook. I, I'm very like nurturing so for men it's very easy for me like I've so never, women don't appreciate that side. women are almost they just need a lot more attention so for men as long as they feel taken care of like you know 15 percent of their day they're happy 15 percent of women their day. need like 80 percent so would you and i don't even know if this is the right question would you play the not the guy role but were you the alpha when you were with the female um I'm because it seems like you had to do a lot of attention giving. Yeah. I think I'm definitely more alpha with women. Like with men, I'm, I like to be like the lady and, yeah. you know, so sweet. And, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. But right. I always like women that kind of like, I guess, look like me, like similar looks. Okay. To that's me. weird. Yeah, that is uh, really yeah, it's weird. like looking in the mirror. You're like, I love no, myself. No, not looking in <laughs> the like, mirror. You're but like, like, I look so good today. No, I like, yeah, I don't know. I guess. Now that I'm thinking about it, no, they don't actually look like, I guess a little bit. Yeah. If I showed you a photo, you'd be like, she, what she ethnicity has a are they? Um, do you go all over the board or? Yeah, I okay. do. The last girl I dated was mixed. Um, mixed with what? She was half black, half white. Okay. Um, another one was, I, th- I want to say half Asian, half Russian. Oh, wow. Yeah. And one was. Persian. Does she look like you? They're body types. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're into body types. Like, what's the first thing you like? I like big boobs and big butts. Is this like, am I setting women back right now? No. Why? Why do you? I don't know. You like what you like? I love their minds. I'm all about their minds. (laughs) And, uh,. You're all about minds. I'm all about their minds. Okay. And if they're good people. So I'm going to get you out of this little conversation. Thank we're you. Having. Jesus. Uh, let's, just, did you see the Whataburger video? Oh. With the mouse. Okay. So um, I did see it. What'd you think? Disgusting. Yeah. That mouse committed I just want to know where, where this happened, but we can't figure that out. No, it's Bastrop, Texas. Oh, you Water- figured it out. Okay. Bastrop, great. Texas. Because I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, a mouse. What flew- a way to go out. Committed suicide, jumping to a fryer. Like, that is the worst. Like, what's your fear of dying? Like, if you... I'm always, I'm terrified of the ocean, so I always feel like I'm going to be eaten by a shark. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That would be bad. But I will say this. How did they not, like... I feel like like rats are like cockroaches. If you see one, there's a hundred of them or that's a thousand of them. I don't know if that's true, but I said it with such confidence that you guys probably believed it. But I, I'm like, how do you not, you're you're serving food. So one thing you have to look out for, no cockroaches and no rats. Like and this thing things. was on the shelf, <laughs> just walking insane. around in front, where customers started filming this mouse. And it, I mean, it's, it's disgusting. And then it jumped into the fryer. And then my thing is they have, what I'm interested to find out, did they close this restaurant down? That's what I was just going to ask Because you have about. to. You can't have a mouse There's in the no fryer. There's no way if a, a video goes viral. Remember there was a KFC where rats came out of the ceiling? No. There's a video where there was a KFC where rats just started falling out of the ceiling and that shut down and never reopened. Oh. One time I saw a 
cockroach on the wall at an IHOP off Sunset. Well, that's normal. And they shut that down for like a month. Did so you report you, it? Yeah, I was freaking so out. So you think they shut it down because of you? I don't know. I want to say it had to be, there had to have been other people that had seen cockroaches. Again, cockroaches are like something, there's no, there's no way if I saw one just out in the open that someone hadn't seen one the day before or yeah. in the kitchen or something. Um, but have you I, ever gone to a friend's house and they have bugs in their house, like roaches and stuff? Oh, I had a, um, you my had old place off a of fountain. The, there was like some kind of opening in the faucet of the tub. And so the, I would come home like every week and there'd be like a big giant cockroach in the tub. And I'd constantly be reporting it. And they're like, well, we don't know where the cockroach is coming from. So I was like, it's in the tub. There's literally one place it could be coming out of. <laughs> and so um, they finally, you know, put the... They had a it? whole nest down there. It Did you ever disgusting. take a shower and one come up? No. Oh, that would be disgusting. No, I would die. But I was so broke at the time. I was like, I can't move. And my uh-huh. apartment was so cheap. It was $1,000 off of Sunset and Gardner, which is a great area. It's just a really old building. So it was gross. Okay. So what are you into right now besides comedy? What are you binging? Ooh. Um, I am binging Glow right now. Okay. Third season. I actually just started binging a show called Money Heist. It's actually a show in Spain, but they've got voiceovers in English and it is such a good show. You have got to watch it. It's just this, a group of people who are like just these like incredible characters who are doing this giant heist at this place where they print money. So instead of like robbing it, they're printing their own money and they're printing like $400 billion worth of money. So they're each walking away with like so much money. I want to say there's like six of them. So they do the heist. It's successful. But now they come into like other problems. We're on to season two. So there has to be a new problem, right? Mm. So one of them gets caught on like an island and there's just like all these beautiful love stories and it's in Spain. So like you see titty and you see, it's just amazing. You love breasts. Like you are a breast person. It's weird. Yeah. Okay. All right. How can people find you? I am Crystal Marie on Instagram and Twitter. All right. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you. Way to close on breasts, Michael. Uh, You know, got to hit them where, you know, I don't want to say hers, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) Make sure you guys subscribe, listen, and every interview I do, uh, it's on YouTube and also Facebook. So check us out. Go to Michael Yosho on iTunes. All right. Later. Bye.